Welcome to Dogs Are Smarter Than People, the podcast that will hopefully make you smile, laugh, and freak out inside. I'm Sean. And I'm Carrie. Sean's an ex-cop who does happier things now. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. <laughs> and Carrie's a New York Times and internationally best-selling children's book novelist. We live in Down East Maine, and our podcast is a little funky. We start off with a random thought we recorded in bed, or the kitchen, or the car, and then we give a writing tip, and a dog tip for life, because our dogs are wise and smart and like to be included. <laughs> We're not hoity-toity. We're not all trash talk, although we try. We're just us. So thanks for joining us. Please like, subscribe, and be cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and dogs are smarter than people. And we begin with a random thought. Let's do it, baby. Now. Hey. hey. <laughs> it's random thought and bedtime you know, because we're old people. You always spring that on me. They didn't know. They didn't have to know it was 8 p.m., baby. <laughs> it's really 5.30. We had dinner at 4. Yeah. We took our evening walk. We looked at the <laughs> birds and Sean's new. Sean is becoming old. I won't offend anybody now. Oh. <laughs> Sean, Sean has recently taken a change in personality and has no. somehow started doing crossword puzzles on the New York Times and Spelling Bee and also put up bird feeders. Yeah. Everywhere. No, I am not. They're all in one spot. Everywhere. No, they're not. Yeah. Well, that's true. There's and, one on the sliding glass door. And today he got all excited because hummingbirds had an argument. <laughs> He's like, guess what happened? <laughs> It's cool to watch those little things. They're like, they move so fast. They're like little UFO fighters. Yeah. It's the 4th of July, and in the United States, that's a holiday normally. Um, But this year, a lot of people are not celebrating. Not in standard fashion. In standard fashion. um, And there's no fireworks in our town. It's the first year I was not the lobster. At the end of the parade in many a many a year. That's right. Yeah. Thank the Lord. I like being the lobster in the parade. Well, no one sees been, your face. You wouldn't have been the lobster this year anyway. And so. everyone hugs you. I would have rather been able to watch the real parade, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But getting hugged by random people and maybe next summer. So many selfies. <laughs> I took a lot of lobster selfies. Yeah. It's like the easiest way to be a celebrity for a hot second. <laughs> uh, literally a is hot to be second. a lobster on the Fourth of July parade in Bar Harbor, Maine. <laughs> you should drink like six bottles of water on the route. Yeah, I would. You drink so much water. Your poor little butt off. Girls. What? That's gross, man. Oh, I thought you said. I thought, I thought you said girls. No, gross. I'm I sorry. Gross. I may have said. I think it did sound like girls. I but thought it was like, oh, girls don't sweat. Of course, girls sweat. Yeah. We we perspire. First of all, when you're in that lobster costume, you perspire a lot. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> I mean, we sound so gross. My mom, like when I was a kid, used to get so freaked out if I rode my bike or I went running and I was sweaty. What? She just. I was like, you're going to die. You shouldn't get so hot. You shouldn't sweat like that. Your brother is a disgusting sweater is what she used to say. Does she not know what sweating does? Cools your body off. Does she not know that is what I'm asking? (laughs) 
I, my mom was smart. I think she just thought it was like not like she had some old fashioned ideals, you know, because yeah. she'd be super old. No offense, mom, if she was alive still. And right. she had like these like ideas that ladies aren't supposed to get super sweaty, uh, even if they're running in the middle of summer, you know? Yeah. She was also really obsessed with like potential dirt on my neck or my fingernails. <laughs> well, that's just gross. But none of you're out playing and you're a kid. I was a kid. That's I why remember. you take a shower or a tub. Yeah, we had my aunt Mabel was married to this man named Sock. Was his I, name Sock? I think it was like Sockalitis or something. Oh, like that was his okay. real, like full name. And I got you. He would like the moment he came over, he would check my fingernails. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know for dirt. And what if they were dirty? I don't remember what happened. I repressed that part. <laughs> Ooh, really? I think it was like horrifying. And my yeah. mom would be like, Mabel and Soccer coming over, go clean your nails, get the nail files. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Why does he tell it sock to hit the room? I don't know, man. Aunt Good Mabel was her best friend. Aunt Mabel and Aunt Rosie. Oh, really? Yeah. So she just let her best friend's man abuse you? Apparently. So, like, did you have, like, uptight things in your family? Like, dirty fingernail and neck checks? No, it was okay to be dirty in my family as long as you shower before bedtime. Really? Yeah. Kids got to play, dude. Man. You know what I mean? What was your favorite thing to play when you were little? How little? Uh, six. Six? Yeah. Uh, that was probably, we were probably playing like kick the can a lot. That was super cool. Did you ever do anything like unexpected? Because it, it was at dusk. Oh, What do you mean odd. unexpected? We used to play capture the flag at dusk. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing almost. My favorite thing when I was little was we would play the gong show on a table in the basement. <laughs> You're cruel. And <laughs> also, I would, like, direct everybody acting out like the Wizard of Oz, but I would make it worse with, like, vampires and werewolves <laughs> and stuff. And my other favorite things to do was um, I had hand-me-down Barbies, but I didn't like them because they were yeah. so perfect. And so I would um, make them toilet paper dresses, and then I would make volcanoes out of baking soda. Yeah. And I would sacrifice Barbie volcano with her toilet paper dresses. I didn't have enough money for Barbie clothes or even, like, real Barbies. They're all, like... From the 60s, That's man. So funny. I cut their hair and I tortured. Them. I like sacrificed. I was like, "You are the Virgin Barbie," and I didn't even know what the word "virgin" meant. Yeah, we, we were a lot more precious with our action figures. Well, our they're probably weren't super hand-me-downs. I bet they weren't super hand-me-downs. Yeah, they had to be in top shape so they could fly their helicopters and. Drive their tanks. And I stuff. I was really good with my hand me down dump trucks from my brother. I like those. Oh, those Tonkas. Yeah, those are well, awesome. You couldn't hurt those little ones. And they played in the sandbox. I'd have them run over Barbie. I used to love my Tonka <laughs> dump trucks. Yeah, that'd be great. Get out of the way. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, God, what's wrong with you? And I had this giant rock in my backyard, like huge rock. You had to climb it. It was a yeah. boulder, basically. It's a boulder, and like there was a tree next to it. And I had to pretend it was an island and throw Barbie off into the sharp <laughs> pit of the grass. 
I had some issues. I guess you did. What was your issue with Barbie? She was just perfect, and she had boobs. I didn't want boobs. Oh, she was too perfect for you. Yeah. And also, all my friends who had Barbies, like, their Barbies were new and perfect, and they had clothes for them because they had money. And I had to make her tissue paper and toilet paper dresses. (laughs) It's hard when it's a toilet paper dress, man. She jammed her in a sock. And and I, think, I, I think that a relative who shall not be named used to mock Barbie and her yeah. babies and stuff. And so I thought it was like bad. Uh, oh my gosh, all my issues. Stem from Barbie dolls, though. I think I just had an epiphany. It's <laughs> so sad. So sad. But those were my favorite things to do. Abuse Barbie? Yeah. I made up stories. I made, I victimized Barbie. Barbie. stories. I know. True feminist. I know. And I also, like, my my poor friends that I made act out stories, too. Like, there's always victims everywhere. I'm like, the vampire is getting you, Dorothy. (laughs) Especially ones you didn't really like, huh? And then I'd have to save them. Oh. Still with the martyr complex. I like your ki- savior complex. I like your... No. I think you kicked the can. That's so idyllic. And then I'm like, well, it kill was, Barbie. Because we had a... We, we lived on a cul-de-sac. It was perfect. So Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Florida. Definitely not moving. Do you want to tell about the frogs? No, man. That's nasty. Mm. <laughs> Writing tip of the pod. This what? podcast is called Torturing Barbie. Archetype, stereotype, or cliche. I have a question. Oh, We're going to start with a question. That always terrifies me when you ask No, it's an easy question. Because you corrected me in the random thought when I said Marty. Oh, I knew you were going to do this. No, it's not about me being right. No, You always put me on the spot. No, wait. It's simple. Don't look it up. I'm going to look it up. I have the answer to everything. Then why do you have the question (laughs) if you also have the answer? All right. Sometimes people say, hey, I have a question. And really, it's like, I'm going to nicely educate you. Oh, my God. In my way of thinking. (laughs) So when does stereotype, I mean, when does savior complex change to the martyr complex? A martyr complex isn't about being a savior. It's about being a victim. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's like, I do everything, right. basically, but- and they just want to feel like a martyr, and they seek out suffering and persecution because it helps feed their own yes, needs. That is but your- a savior complex isn't about feeding. Well, maybe it is. Listen, Captain Interrupt. <laughs> what you're talking about is your bottom feeder martyr complex person. <laughs> I'm talking about a higher level. The ultimate martyr would be starting off with the savior complex and crossing over upon death. No, that's not what... That, the in the psychological complex. world, that makes sense linguistically and in the Judeo-Christian oh, ethic. we're talking about writing here. So. But in the world of psychology, right? Like a savior complex is like, I 
seek out people to save because I have the psychological need to save them. Uh That doesn't necessarily mean I'm suffering to save them. Whereas a martyr complex is like, you don't even seek anybody out. You're just always like, oh my gosh, I have to do all the housework and oh my gosh, I have to make all the money and oh my gosh, no one cares and I'm doing all the cleaning. That is a martyr complex. Uh And then what? No, you're right. I can't argue with that. But I think I'm right, too. Okay, we can both be right. I think that... Why can't we both be right? Uh-huh. If we're both right, why are we still talking about it? Because you decided to look up on your phone the exact definitions and argue with my little layman theory. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it's already out there. Yeah, what, what's already out there? The definitions are already out there, boo. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'm not arguing the definitions. It's not going to be a good podcast. It's not going to... I so just have, called it a podcast. Have we ever had a good podcast? <laughs> That's so wrong. <laughs> All right. We do this for no other reason than fun, right? It's not fun right now. It, it, why? Because you always ask questions that you already have your answers that you want to. Only on the podcast. <laughs> not in real life. <laughs> in real life. Anyways. Yeah, it's only like 50%. Welcome to the podcast. Torturing Barbara. Archetype, stereotype, or cliche. So in the past month, we've been talking a lot about archetypes. And someone asked us what the difference is between an archetype and a stereotype. Because they were doing a Sean. And here you go, listeners. First up, archetypes. Woohoo! According to masterclass.com, when it comes to writing an archetype is yes and i quote an emotion character type or event that is notably recurrent across the human experience in the arts an archetype creates an immediate sense of familiarity allowing an audience member to relate to an event or character without having to necessarily ponder why they relate thanks to our instincts and life experiences we're able to recognize archetypes without any need for explanation there you go So what's a stereotype? Well, that can be positive, it can be negative, but it's really freaking simplistic, right? And even positive stereotypes can be negative. Like if you say women are good mothers, it can be harmful because all women don't want to be mothers and women are unhappy if they aren't mothers. And some women's biology doesn't work for mothering. And that doesn't mean that they are unhappy women either. And if you go one step further, it equates that statement a woman's value and role to that biological use. And it also makes the assumption that all women are more nurturing and have those motherly positive attributes, which means that men don't. So, hi. That's Uh, a stereotype, right? Yeah. Women are better mothers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Sean's probably a better mother than I. Well, I wasn't going to say that at all. No, I think you are. No, I think you're better. I just don't want to delve too deeply into that subject. Oh. So you get so controversial so quick. You're afraid of controversy? No, I'm not. But you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I picked the woman stereotype simply because I'm a woman. So I thought that would be one of the least controversial stereotypes for us to mention. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, I, it was the women versus men slash biology role slash... Societal yeah, roles. Yeah, that's yeah. the kind of things that I was talking about. Yeah. But anyway, Shani's a really good mom. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, birth of my own kid. Every morning in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, no. You did not go there. Close as I can get. Oh, okay. And what's the cliche? It's something you see many times in TV and stories in life, and it becomes so ultra banal and ultra boring and ultra predictable. So what are some, Sean Kelly? The mad scientist. <laughs> the nerdy but secretly sexy librarian. He likes that one. <laughs> The rich old cranky lady. And? The egotistical warrior. So how do you stay away from cliches or stereotypes? You can parody them. You can deconstruct them. You can think about how to subvert them into something unexpected. Can the old rich lady actually be kind and not wear high heels and have a small dog? Because they always do. Can the <laughs> egotistical warrior not be egotistical and self-effacing and neurotic instead? Can the nerdy librarian not be secretly sexy, but actually overtly sexy in a glam way? Can the nice kidlet author have tortured her Barbies in the past, right? Like, so... That's, I'm sure of that. <laughs> that's how you subvert the stereotypes, you know? Like, how you... Take the cliche or the stereotype yeah. and turn it on its head so it can become a more interesting character. That's why, in the random thought, I was asking you, like, when you played games and when you were a little kid, what did you like doing? Was there anything weird about, like, that I wouldn't expect? Oh, maybe. What is that That's breathing? Sparty, sleeping. Oh, He's snoring. Your dog is snoring so hard. Sorry. Well, I have a question. Oh, no. No, this is a real related question mm -hmm. but now i kind of forgot what it was oh no stereotypes as a writer yeah like are they boring because they're so common okay that's one possibility right yeah or are they or do they work because they're expected well that's the thing like there is a comfort in that expectation like when you talk about tropes or those common things like stereotypes yeah like the reader is like, okay, I'm going to read a Harlequin romance with this big bare-chested pirate on right. the front with that, his long flowing hair and the woman, the busty woman underneath him. Yeah. Like, I didn't mean underneath him. I just met in the image and she's in front and she's looking up and like, right. I can't. Um, they expect, there's like an expectation to that, right? Like, and that readers do like that stereotype. And that sort of circumstance, you're probably seeking out that it. Yeah, yeah. So there's like a whole place in literature for that, you know, right. like the popcorn books and the eye candy books, and they just gobble it down because you know what it is, and there's comfort in it, books, right? But, but then, if you're just picking up a book at the bookstore that's one you've never read, just a fiction book, you know, right. whatever genre you like, yeah. do you think it's more interesting? To have the non-cliched characters? I think... Uh, not interesting. How about just beneficial to your uh, work? Is it more beneficial to your work? Or is it about a mix? I think it's a mix sometimes. Okay. And I think that some it depends on what your intention as an author is. If you want to write the book that is... And, there, and it's good to have all these things. Like mm -hmm. if you want to write the candy book... You don't want to subvert all the tropes. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. If you want to write parody, you want to subvert the tropes. If you want to write <laughs> like something that's going to get the Prince Award or something, you want to have complex characters that aren't stereotypes and cliches. Right. Unless the whole role is to create stereotypes and cliches because you're talking on a meta level about society or something. I got you. But like, yeah.
Okay. Like, if you want a book that feels real, you want to subvert and stay away from those stereotypes and cliches. Good question, huh? Yeah. Anytime I get you to talk for more than a minute and a half, I know that it was a good question. Somebody's going to send me hate mail about that. Really? Probably. No. Heck no. Controversy. Controversy. So, writing tip of the pod all gelled down is... Think about your main character and the other major ones in your story. Are they normal? Typical? How can you tweak that and surprise the reader? Surprise I think a good tweak can always surprise these people. (laughs) Dog tip for life. No, neither one of the dogs flinched when I said dog. No, yeah. They don't even know who they are. They don't. They think they're what? I don't know what they think. Humans. Humans or cats. Cats. I don't know. They sleep like cats. 16 hours a day. Like, you know... <laughs> so, Sparty. What? Come here. Oh, you woke up. Oh, he's not asleep. Sparty, how are you a cliche? He's just staring at me. But I can tell you. Now he's getting up. He's food focused. He's very food focused. Because he's part lab. Right? Yeah. Are you fulfilling society's expectations of you, buddy? <laughs> He just went. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big burden for him. Holy smokes! He doesn't catch balls Uh, or frisbees. That's what he does not. He doesn't like swimming like a lab does. But those are all negative things. He's got some positive non-fulfillment issues. Like he doesn't bark at everything in one spot. No, he doesn't. So he's good in that way. Yeah. Yeah. How can you step out of your role and people's expectations, buddy? Hmm. He looked at you off. I know. So basically what Sparty's <laughs> saying is like when you're thinking about who you are in your life, you want to occasionally think, hey, how am I a cliche? Am I fulfilling what I want to be or society's expectations of me? Like for me, um, my mom, who I love very much, God bless her soul because she's dead now. Like she just always thought that I should be a writer or a lawyer, writer or a lawyer. <laughs> Writer or a lawyer. And every time I wrote something, like it was like, you're so good at writing. Right? Yeah. Oh, your brain's such a good brain for a lawyer. <laughs> what I wanted to do when I was growing up was, uh, well, A, get shot taking a bullet for Bono at a concert and cause world peace because my death would be a martyr thing. But whatever. Whatever. Anyways, I'm growing up now. And um, the other thing is that I wanted to do art. But all my mom ever said was, what? Be a lawyer. No. Right. And she also said no one in our family has an artistic bone in their body. Oh, she said that? Oh, God, yeah. Over and over again. She was uplifting as hell. She just didn't think I should be an artist in that whatever so and she was right um but that <laughs> is what you're a good painter that is what I like to do and right? writing is an art don't forget that uh, yes it's an art and a craft um and a skill and a blah 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 what's the difference between the art and a craft I don't know what no, grade no, you no, are no, in can school can we just finish this thought man <laughs> yeah alright so like <laughs> the script and the expectation uh-huh. for me would be, oh, you're the smart kid. You're supposed to be the lawyer or writer or something academic, right? Right. But is that what makes me the happiest? No. no. It's the more artistic stuff. hmm Yep. And being outside. Yep. So, like... 
And the fact that I can still find you, buy you one Barbie doll every week for you to destroy. <laughs> He's lying. He's uh, lying. He's lying. Don't lie. I'll put a video on our YouTube. Anyways, the whole point is like you, Shawnee. Like you're this big, huge white guy with an overpowering presence, right? Yeah. Like, like if you go to a march, people think you're an undercover cop still they because, would. like, that's what you look like. And so, um. How can you defy the expectations of who you are from what society thinks of you? But also, how do you define your own expectations when you're having an existential crisis and you're not sure what your purpose is in life? Right? Yes. Yes. That makes it much harder. Yeah. Much, much harder. So you got to rewrite those scripts, right? Yeah. Like Sparty has rewritten his script of I'm a lab and I'm supposed to catch things. Oh, yeah. So he's like, no, I don't want to do that. That's not who I am. He won't even catch food. <laughs> That's not very good. <laughs> not anymore. He used to be good. He got old. He might be going blind or something. Um, Reflexes are getting a little slower. Thing. But that's the point, right? You get it? Yes. All right. Make yourself who you want to be. Yeah, but also think. If it makes you happy. Yes. But also, like, take a second and go, wait, is who I want to be really who I want to be? And not other people. What I expect other people. People that would expect from me. Yeah, right. and what I've been told to be. Yeah. All my life. That's right. It's deep, man. It's way deep. Way deep. I gotta go do a shot now. A shot? Yeah, whiskey. Oh, jeez, I'm crow. <laughs> it was deep. <laughs> Got me all confused. No, no, go have big thoughts, people. Yeah. Big thoughts. Big thoughts, and stay safe and healthy. Tweak a little. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate you listening to the podcast. You can find us everywhere. You've already found us once if you're listening now. Like Apple Music, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. Just Google Dogs Are Smarter Than People. Then like and subscribe. The notes to the podcast are also always on carriejonesbooks.blog. Carrie is spelled C-A-R-R-I-E. I realized I don't always tell people that. And we'd like a shout out. The music that we've clipped and shortened in this podcast is awesome and is made available through the Creative Commons license. Who's the artist and what song is this? It's Night Owl by Broke for Free. You can go to the podcast episode notes and find a link right to it. Listen to that fantastic music all the time. Yeah, man. So, what do we got coming on? In our lives, love. Well, right now, um, we've released the book, The Places We Hide, which is an adult mystery. And it's good. It's so good. I mean, obviously, I'm biased, but it truly is good. John just thinks it's really good because the main character, he thinks, is him. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> um, also, I am doing a course. I've started a course. A course? A course. What kind of course? It's a bit like a distance MFA program, and the people get to hang out together yeah. um, in a Zoom chat once every month, and I give them feedback for their stories every month. They submit 20 pages, and there's a Facebook group, and we have a bunch of people already signed up, which is awesome um, because... So it's like a, a writing course. It's a writing course, that's also very supportive and helps build community. So you get direct feedback from me and love from other writers. I know. Any course that you're involved with has the instructors more. There's also like a life coaching course. 
That's very Because you're so awesome. That's very sweet. There's, I know. There's more information about it on my website. Once again, CarrieJonesBooks.blog. You can never say that too much. CarrieJonesBooks.blog. And what else are you doing, love? Am I doing anything else? Well, I mean... <laughs> You, you, you edit I'm, people's work? I'm teaching at the writing barn. I edit people's work. I You can find me on Readsy. I'm writing my own books. What else are you doing, boo? Me? Yeah, man. Oh, I'm just doing my regular work. But, but we are going to start formatting people's books also. Woo! And we will be doing print edition and e-books. e-book. E-books. Which so we're all on Types of formatting styles. Right. So you can so, come to us and we will yeah, clean up your full grammar. Service yeah, man. Book prep slash publishing house. Yeah. Only thing we're not doing is cover design. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Once again, that will have to land back in your on your desk though, because like unless people want stick figures for the covers all <laughs> the time. The funniest covers ever. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Every book's a kid's book here. <laughs> like Edie's font. I'm like, yeah, right. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I'll do the Kama Sutra cover with stick figures. No, uh, it always goes back. To no, it's just an example of how it could be deceptive because it's stick figures but you never know what's inside anyways we're gonna end it here thank you for listening thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it and you stay healthy and strong okay yeah because we need you in this stay world strong. Thank you.